We're learning the second Sikha of Parshas Nasai, in the Chelech Yudchas, page 55. This Sikha here is also a Siyam on Mesech Saita. The Sikha actually focuses primarily on the Halachas in the beginning of Mesech Saita, and the Rebbe will connect it also to the end of the Mesech But the main Halachas of the Saita in the beginning of the Sechta will be the focus of this Sikha. Chazal Zogn. It says in the Gemara, Lama Nismacha Parshas Nazar Laparshas Saita. Why in the Taita does the Parsha of the Nazar come together or near the Parsha of Saita? Lay Malachat to teach you. Shekalareya Saita Bekulkula, anyone that sees a Saita in her disgrace. We'll see soon in the Sikha, the Rebbe will discuss exactly what Kulkula means. Yazer Atzmei Minayayin. He should separate himself from wine because drinking too much wine and this kind of behavior can bring to inappropriate behavior to become a Saita. It's the same reason the Gemara explains why the two Mesechtes of Nazar and Saita, Saita kun gleich nach Mesechte Nazar for this very same reason. As the Gemara says in the beginning of the Mesechte, Tane minazesalik, the Tane right before Mesechta Saita is the Mesechta of Nazir, all the halachas of a Nazir. My Tane, the Katana Saita. What is written in Mesechta Nazir that's connected to the following Mesechta, which is Saita? The answer is Kedarebi, Loman Ismacha Pashas Nazir, Lapashas Saita, Shekalareya Saita, Bechukula, Yazar Chulu. The same reason, because from Nazir you come to Mesechta Saita, because one that sees a Saita knows that the right, sometimes the right behavior is to be a Nazir, to separate yourself from wine. The Rambam abishraibt, however, the Rambam in his Pirish HaMishnayis writes, as Mesech the Saita kumt gleich nach Mesech the Gitten, that the order of the Mesech the Sar, that Saita comes after Gitten, and Nazir kumt far Gitten, and Nazir is before Gitten. So the Seder is not Nazir Saita, but the Seder is Nazir Gitten Saita. And he says there, Shayanyana the Mesechta Saita, the theme of this Mesechta of Saita, Me'inyan is the same theme as the Mesechta of Gitten, which discusses divorcing a wife. Shasaita Keshetizna, because a Saita, if she has an inappropriate relationship, Yeshlocho for Ish for Isha Lagerishin. So then the husband and wife should be divorcing. So therefore, the subject of Saita, which talks about a woman that's hey, behaving inappropriately, is related to Mesech Gitten, which discusses the halachas of Gerishin. So now, how does the Rambam fit with what it actually says in the Gemara, that Nazir and Saita are related to one another? And that Saita comes after Nazir and it's related to someone that sees a Saita should not drink wine. Is this with Meiri is Masber? So the Meiri explains. These two Mesechtas of Gitten and Saita regarding this subject here are considered to be like one Mesechta. The cause for being becoming divorced is because of a kilkul, is because of something that went wrong in the, in the woman's behavior and the relationship. So therefore, when the Gemara discusses why Saita comes near Nazir, the Gemara really means to say, why do Gitten and Saita together both come after Nazir? And here, the, the, the word is Lamad, or the Rebbe in the footnote brings Lemidrash, it comes to teach you, or there's another version, Lesader. So let's go with the version Lemidrash, it comes to teach you, Sha'akilkul, Habamitzadayayin, Geirim, Legitn, Vesaita. 
the, the issues that come from drinking too much wine and that type of behavior will cause what it discusses in Gitten, which is divorce, and also Saita, the things that are discussed in the Sechta Saita. So the Miri explains that the Rambam is not saying something against what it says in the Gemara, because Gitten and Saita really go together, and they both together come after Mesechta Nazir. However, the question here is, Vivalt, as in Tadish Abixav, in Parshas Nasai, in this week's Parsha, so Saita and Nazi do come one right after another. Favazal and Tadisha Balpe, so why in Tadisha Balpe would he smith us from a certain Nazi to get in with Saita? Is Mitzadam Zelden Tam, the Tadisha Bixav, Zana Hafsik Swishin Zay, Mesechta Gitten? So why would it be different in Tadisha Balpe, where it's the very same reason why Saita is related to Nazar and it comes after Nazar? But nevertheless, here, according to the Rambam's opinion, Gitten comes in between, and Gitten is part of the theme of Saita. But it's not that way in the Chumash, so what's different? Why is it this way in Mesechta, Gitten, and Saita? Another thing we need to explain. So what is the basis and explanation of this argument here? Whether Masech Saita comes immediately after Nazir Rashi is Mefarish, as Rashi says in Vipashtus Lashna Gemara, that's the simple understanding of the Gemara, that Gitten is not in between. Other, Nach Masech Gitten, Keshitis Rambam. Or that Saita comes after Masech Gitten, like the Rambam, and both Gitten and Saita that come after, after Nazir. So, how do we explain this Machlaikis between Rashi and the Rambam? So, in order to explain this, the Rebbe is going to focus on the halacha at the beginning of Masech Saita to see if it's related to Masech Gitten. So the Rebbe begins with one uh, explanation to, to suggest, to, to explain this. As the Nadar Mepharshim was learning, so there are those Mepharshim that explain the Rambam. As the Rambam gate Leshit Yerushalmi, the Rambam is following the opinion that it says in the Yerushalmi, as their inyan akinui is toloi begedishin. The kinoi, which it speaks about in the beginning of Masechta, which is when the husband warns the wife not to go privately with another man. So this halacha of kinoi, which is right at the opening Mishnah of, of Masechta Saita, ha-mekana So this is dependent on what it's discussed in Masechta Gitten regarding Gedishin. So therefore Saita follows immediately Masechta Gitten. How are they related? Why is the kinoi, the halacha of the husband warning his wife, connected to what it discusses regarding Gedishin? So in Yerushalmi state, it says in Yerushalmi, as the pluktet, Vishnu Rabbi Yezin and Rabbi Yeshua, dort, the argument, according to the opinion of the Yerushalmi, that this is an argument between Rabbi Yezin and Rabbi Yeshua, whether the warning that a person gives his wife is something which is mandatory, or whether it's something which is optional. Is this something which a person should be warning his wife not to go with another man privately? Or no, it's your choice. So this machlaik is between Rabbi Yez and Rabbi Shua is dependent in the plukta from Beishamai and Beishilol in Mishnah Saif Gitten. In this machlaikis of Beishamai and Beishilol that comes in the end of Mesech Gitten, where they discuss what is the cause that a person should base divorcing his wife on. What is a, a, a appropriate or enough of a reasonable cause that a person is allowed to divorce his wife. So there's an argument there. Tzile das Beishamai. Beishamai's opinion is, person should not divorce his wife unless he finds out that she's having an inappropriate relationship with someone else. 
That's Beishamai. That even if she burns the, the, the food that she's cooking for him or she oversalts the food and he doesn't like her food, that's enough of a reason to divorce his wife. So now how is this related to the subject of whether a person is uh, warning his wife, whether it's mandatory to warn your wife or it's only an optional? So, Yerushalmi explains as follows. In a fall, was dvarim kuurin In a situation where a person sees a, an inappropriate behavior of his wife, meaning that his wife has a relationship with someone else. Unaidim. However, he doesn't have any witnesses to actually know certainly what's going on. So that's the case, according to Yerushalmi, that's the situation that the first Mishnah in Saita is speaking about. So now, what, is, what should be done here? So the, the, the Yerushalmi explains that according to Yachol, he can't divorce his wife. It's not enough grounds, not enough basis to divorce his wife. He doesn't have it verified that there was anything that went wrong between uh, her and another person. But on the other hand, but even according to Bishame that he's not allowed to divorce her, but he still, still should not continue living with her. Because he sees that there's something inappropriate going on. There's a, there's a disgraceful behavior going on. So therefore, he's sort of stuck in a bind. He can't live with her and he can't divorce her. So therefore, this is where the mission here comes in and says that he'll be obligated to warn his wife in order to come to get to the bottom of this to find out whether there's any actual Aveda happening or not. So the, the purpose of the warning, and it's an obligation in this case to warn, is to get to the bottom of the situation of what's going on with his wife because he can't live with her and he can't divorce her either. Which is not the case according to Basil, that a person is allowed to divorce his wife even if she just is spoiling his food. So, therefore, in this case, we're talking about where he's not sure what kind of a behavior his wife is doing with another person, is Kinri Bloizarashos. But nevertheless, warning his wife is an optional thing. Because in this situation where he sees his wife going with another person, he just can give her a get, even, even if he doesn't have it uh, verified that uh, she did an Aveda. So therefore, it's not necessary for him to warn her. It's an optional thing if he wants to warn her to get to the bottom of it. So therefore, the whole discussion regarding the kinoi, the warning, in the beginning of the Masechta, is dependent on the halacha regarding when a person is allowed to be divorcing his wife. Taisvis brengt der Yishami. Now, Taisvis quotes this Yerushalmi as well. Umfrekt, and Taisvis asks the question, Lefia Yerushalmi, so according to the Yerushalmi, Kivin de Talia Kinui Begedishin, since this halacha about warning your wife is very much tied into what cause a person is allowed to divorce his wife, so really, Mesech Seiter should be immediately following the last Mishnah in Mesech Gitten, where it discusses this argument of Vishame and Vesilom. That's the question of Teisvis. Zogim Mepharshim Anal, so therefore now Mepharshim actually say, as Leuten Yerushalmi is Takazai, as Seiter Kump Noch Gitten. So therefore, this is actually the case according to Yerushalmi, that Mesech Seiter follows Mesech Gitten. And that's the opinion of the Rambam when he says that Saita comes after Mesech de Gitten because it's directly related to this very last missionary in Gitten that discusses when a person is allowed to divorce his wife. 
Aber the Rebbe says, however, der Teretz is schwer. This explanation for the Rambam's opinion is difficult to accept. Ibal, that the Bavli is nit toile, der inyan akinoi begedishin. So the Bavli does not tie the two together. It does not say that the warning is going to be dependent on the cause of when a person is allowed to divorce his wife. This is oich, muchach von dem, and there's also a proof that Yerushalmi actually disagrees to this connection. Was in Bavli brings the same plukte. The Bavli also brings this argument: whether a person warning his wife, whether it's mandatory or only optional. Nor the Chelkim Zenin, Rabbi Kive Chayve, and Rabbi Shmuel Rishus with other with different Tanaim. The argument is between Rabbi Kive, which says that it's an obligation, and Rabbi Shmuel saying that it's a Rishus. Now, on Rabbi Kiva Haltoch, Rabbi Kiva's opinion also is regarding that argument for what cause is a person allowed to divorce his wife? As memeg megarish zayin anisha afilamotza acheres noimena. Even if a person finds another wife that is more beautiful for him, he's allowed to divorce the wife he's living with now. So, according to Rabbi Kiva, there's no issue in a person divorcing his wife, and at the same time, Rabbi Kiva says that warning your wife, the kinoi, is a chayva. According to the Yerushalmi, it's only a chayva according to the opinion of Beishamai when the person is in a bind and he can't live with his wife and he can't divorce her. So the Bavli certainly does not hold of that connection that the Yerushalmi makes. The beginning of the Mesechta discussing the din of Kinoi does not come as a follow-up to what it says in the end of Mesechta Gitten discussing the cause of a person divorcing his wife. So if so, should be following like you see it from the Gemara. So why would we say that the Rambam is accepting the opinion of the Yerushalmi against the opinion of the Bavli? The question is even more. If we're going to say that the, that the Rambam is accepting the opinion of Yerushalmi, that these two points are connected, the, the, the obligation to warn your wife is connected to the reason for when you're allowed to divorce your wife. So, how does the Rambam himself paskin as is a that warning your wife is an obligation. That's how the Rambam paskins, like Rabbi Kiva's opinion. According to Yerushalmi, that only fits according to the opinion of Beishamai, where the person has no choice, he has to warn his wife because he can't live with her, he can't divorce her. So how would we say that the Rambam would paskin like the opinion of Beishamai? We never paskin like Beishamai. So again, we clearly see that the, that the Rambam disagrees with this connection that Yerushalmi holds of. So the question is, comes back, what is the reason that the Rambam says that Mesech Tesaita follows Mesech Tegitin and before that Nazir? Let me just understand so we can understand this. Bahaktim Abir in the Psaka Nal from Rambam. Let's focus now on this Psaka Loche that the Rambam paskins as Kinoi is a That warning your wife is mandatory. Kedas Rabakiva, Rabakiva's opinion. So seemingly, it's not understood why the Rambam paskins like Rabbi Kiva. The Gemara is medayik beloshin hamishnah b'saita. The Gemara has the following diok in the first mishnah of saita hamekane leishtay. If you warn your wife, when the Gemara says this means the evedin lechatchila loy. This is only something that we're discussing after the fact. 
But before the fact, this is not something a person should do. The Tan of the Mishnah is of the opinion that also that it's really prohibited of a person to give this warning for his wife, which will be discussed later in the Sikha why that is the case. But the point is, the Tan of this Mishnah is sort of a third opinion. That's what it seems. Before we were discussing whether warning your wife is a mandatory, a chayva, or it's only rishos or optional. But here, from the Mishnah, the Gemara is medayik, hamekane, only if you warn your wife, then the following halachas will apply, that it's really prohibited to warn your wife. Vibal, so if so, the question here is, since as late stam Mishnah is we have a plain Mishnah with no name saying that a person should not be warning his wife. So why is Ramba Paskanik like Rabbi Kiva? Rabbi Kiva's opinion is quoted in an argument in a Braise. The klal is Anytime you have a Stam Mishnah saying Aloha, and then in a Braise where the same thing is discussed, there's a Machleikis in a Braise, we Paskin like the Stam Mishnah. So why doesn't the Ramba Paskin like the Stam Mishnah that says, Osrilakanis? So the Teisus Yontif addresses this and he says, So we have both opinions here in the Braise, Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmol, they both agree that it's not prohibited for a person to be warning his wife. So therefore, since both of their opinions are not like the Mishnah, so therefore we don't pass it like the Mishnah. So now, Ubanu Liklal, Halachik Rabbi Kiva Mechaveiroi. So now, between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel that argue about this, we come to the rule that we have that whenever Rabbi Kiva argues with one of his colleagues, the halach is like Rabbi Kiva. So the Mishnah is out because both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel disagree with the Mishnah. So we have two opinions that disagree with one opinion of the Mishnah. So therefore, we pass like Rabbi Kiva in the Braise. So that's very simple. But the Rebbe says, this teretz is not acceptable according to all opinions. That teretz is abenor, leitideyes, has alochik, istam mishneh. So now there's one opinion that says, that when do we paskin like istam mishneh, legabe abraisa, against abraisa, where there's an argument, geitnit on and afal, vudistam mishneh is adas yachid. That's not going to be the case if the mishneh is one opinion against two opinions in the braisa, and both opinions in the braisa disagree with the mishneh. Exactly like the Taisis Yontif says. So then the Taisis Yontif's answer is acceptable. Obelaiti Deis. However, there are other opinions that say, as Oichan Azafal is Alochakistan Mishnah. Even if in the Braise, both opinions in the Braise disagree with the opinion of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah then is Adas Yochid. But nevertheless, even in such a case, is Alochakistan Mishnah. We pass in like the Mishnah, which is a Stam. The Stam opinion brought without a name in a Mishnah is more acceptable than both opinions together that are brought as an argument in a Braisa. Our question comes back regarding the Rambam here. Why does he choose Rabbi Kiva's opinion in the Braisa against the Stam Mishnah that says the Halacha that it's also Lekanis, that one is forbidden to warn his wife? So the Rebbe here says a tremendous Chiddush. As the Das Rambam is nito ken drayin dege machloikis beinyan akinoi. That according to the Rambam, there actually isn't a machloikis, a three-way machloikis with three opinions here regarding kinoi, whether it's oser. One opinion would be it's prohibited, rishos, or it's just optional, or the chayva, or it's mandatory. It's not three different opinions. 
While Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva, the Braise, the truth is that we can say that Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva in the Braise, Zanenit, Mechulik, Metantanev, from the Mishnah, is also Lekanais. They're not arguing with what the Gemara sees in the Mishnah, Hamekane, that it's really prohibited to warn your wife. And here, before the Rebbe explains this, the Rebbe brings a proof for this Chiddush. We could also prove this from the following. The Gemara makes this diuk, that in our Mishnah we see that it, the, the opinion of the town of the Mishnah is that you're not allowed to be warning your wife. And it doesn't immediately bring up the Braise, where it says the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva that seem to be arguing with this, that say that no, it's voluntary or it's mandatory to be warning your wife. The Gemara does not bring it immediately there. On Daf Beis when the Gemara says this diok, it doesn't bring this Braise. It brings the Braise of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva only on Daf Gimel, a whole lot later. And the Rebbe brings an example for this. Al Derech Vidigemara Brank Binigay the Deis from Rabbi and Rabbi Shua in the Mishnah. So there's an argument of Rabbi and Rabbi Shua in the Mishnah regarding how many witnesses are necessary to come and testify regarding this woman that was privately with another man. In the Mishnah, as Mekanolal Pishnayim, the Mishnah says that he warns her in the presence of two witnesses. And then the question is, what's, it, what's when it comes to? Have what those that see that you went privately with another man. Does it have to be according to one witness or two? And then the Gemara quotes immediately as Masnisin, the Loi Kihai Tana, that this Mishnah does not follow a different opinion, which is, which is Rabbi Yesi, but Rabbi Yehuda. And he says, that when it comes to warning your wife, it only has to be in the presence of one aid or even on your own, yourself, without any other witnesses being present there. The point is, the Gemara there, when it brings up this subject of the Mishnah, it immediately brings up Raisa, where it says different than what it says in the Mishnah. But it doesn't do that regarding the Diuk of Hamakane, where it makes the point that the Tan of the Mishnah holds that it's prohibited to warn your wife. It doesn't immediately bring, oh, the like Yai Tana, that there's another Braisa that disagrees with this. Even later, when it's quoted in Dav Gimel, it doesn't at all bring up and mention it in connection to what it says before on Dav Beis that the Mishnah disagrees with this. So never in Gemara do you see that it ties together the Diak of the Mishnah regarding the opinion of the Tana Asalakanais to the two opinions in the Braise of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva, whether it's a Rishos or a Chayva. The Braise wird gebracht in Gemara. The Braise is brought later in the Gemara on Dav Gimel. Blois via Hichoche, just as a proof. As das was Tana de Be Rabbi Shmuel sagt, Eino de Mekane le Ishtoi Elam ke Nichtnes bei Ruach. Rabbi Shmuel says that a person doesn't warn his wife unless a spirit enters into him. And the Gemara wants to know what kind of spirit are we talking about? Meintes wie de Deye von de Mandoma Ruach Tare. And it's, it's, Gemara says that the opinion that says that it refers to a Ruach Tara, that this is a pure spirit, that, that's the correct Pshat. And the Gemara says, because we see that there's an argument whether it's, it's mandatory or optional to warn your wife, so it must be that we're talking about a Holy Spirit. And the Gemara there says, the Omret Ruach Tome, if we're going to say that the spirit here is negative, that it's an impure spirit, could you say that it's either a mandatory or optional for a person to do something which is impure? So if it says that there's a spirit that enters into him, we're, we're referring over here to a pure spirit, and therefore it's either optional or it's, a, or it's a mandatory. That's the connection that the Gemara brings, this argument of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva.
and God regards this statement of the Ruach. But it does not connect it to the Mishnah where it says, Osilakanis, that you're not allowed to be warning your wife. So therefore, what's the reason for this? Now the Mishnah, So we can say that the Mishnah and the Braise are dealing with two completely different circumstances. And there's no argument here. And what are the two circumstances? In Kinoi, Zenefaran, Tzvei, Oifanim. There are two different circumstances regarding when a person warns his wife. Aleph, one is, Akinoi versus Benigei Isha Bilti On is Akdametsudestire, a case where a person is warning his wife, which is behaving immodestly, and it's serving as an introduction to then see what's going to happen if she goes and privately with another man, and so on. When Beloshna Yerushalmi Anal, coming back to what it says in the Yerushalmi, Matzabot Dvarim Kuurin, when a person sees in his wife an inappropriate behavior, on the Balas Choshid Ishtoy in a Dvar Aveda, and therefore he suspects his wife of actually doing an Aveda, is a Defar Makanali Ishtoy, so therefore he warns his wife, Bechtei Tsukana Mevarazain, Oibzi Vetnit Folgezain Asrov, in Istara, Sinitma, Adelainitma. Because then after he warns her, and then if she will go and be privately with another man, so then Taita will give her the ability, will, will give the man the ability, her husband the ability, to go and find out what happened by her drinking the waters of the Saita. So we're talking here about a circumstance where a person has a serious suspi- suspicion, and therefore he's warning his wife to get to the bottom of it. That's one example. But then there's a different circumstance. Akinoi b'negeya tzuhan when a person is warning his wife, and we're talking about an Ishik Shaira, she's behaving modestly. So the Rambam tells us, as a person when he warns his wife, it should be benachas, it should be calmly, in a pure way, to warn her. It's more of a guidance, to guide his wife, to remove any stumbling block that she shouldn't have other relationships with other people. A person that does not warn and does not on top of the behavior of his wife and his family and he doesn't consistently teach them and guide them. He's a sinner. So here we're talking about a person that's sort of guiding and warning his wife in a positive way, in a calm way, in order to teach her the right behavior. That in this case where the Rambam speaks about that warning your wife is mandatory, it's not only in a case because a person is suspicious about an Aveda that may have happened. sees inappropriate behavior. But it's part of the guidance that a person is giving his wife. Just like a person should be particular and pay attention to what's going on with the behavior of his children and his family in general. And therefore, the Rambam says, is The mitzvah of the Chachamim is that a person should be warning his wife, Bechlal in general. And this refers to every, every wife. And it's a consistent thing. Nor, mit the however, there is the Bavaranish, in other words, you have to, you can't take it too far. If a person overdoes it and warns in a stern way and he overdoes it, so then it's not, it's only going to bring uh, something, a problem in their relationship. So then it's not a good idea. And shouldn't be done in a joking way. 
And on the other hand, it shouldn't be done in a way that he's trying to throw fear upon her. You shouldn't jump to summon witnesses and warn her in front of witnesses. That's way too harsh. But here we're talking about a person that warns his wife in a calm way and in order to guide her and so on. So that's a completely different circumstance of warning his wife where then the Rambam says it's, it's obligatory upon the husband to do this. So these two circumstances of when a person warns his wife is the difference between the case that the Mishnah is speaking about and the case where the Braisa, where there's an argument between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva, whether it's a Chayva or a Rishus. And the Rabbi explains, In Mishnah, In the Mishnah where it says that warning your wife is only after the fact and you shouldn't be doing it. It's speaking about a person that his wife has inappropriate behavior. So then the point of warning her is to lead to what's going to happen later if she goes privately and then to have her drink the waters of the Saita. And in them, it's in this case that the Rambam's opinion is, that the Bavli says, as Osir Lekanais. That a person should not be warning his wife in this situation. As the Rebbe will explain soon in the Hemshech of the Sikha. Even though it seems like this would be the case most appropriate to warn your wife. To get to the bottom of what happened. But the Rebbe will explain why the Bavli's opinion is that in this case. When there is a serious concern against his wife. He actually should not be warning his wife. That's one circumstance. That's the Mishnah. The argument in the Braise between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva whether warning your wife is mandatory or optional. Here we're speaking about a person that's giving a warning and sort of a guidance for his wife, even his wife that's acting appropriately. To guide her. And here the argument is as follows, as the Gemara explains, Rabbi Shmuel halt, Rabbi Shmuel opinion is, as the ganze inyina kinoi oich bayin ishik sheira is blois rishos. Warning your wife, even in a case where it's, she's, she's behaving modestly and you just want to guide her, it's still something which is optional. It's a novel idea to do this and the Torah allows you to do it, but it's not a must. And he explains as the Gemara there says, Since the Torah says, do not hate your fellow in your heart. So over here, you may think, why should I be thinking negatively about my wife? I should only think positive and there's no need to warn her at all. So Zoktaira comes along and says, as in Den Fal, that in this case, even though there is a possibility that warning your wife will bring to a fight and a hatred, from the It's allowed, it's optional. You may go ahead and warn your wife if you feel you want to do so in order to guide her. So it's only optional. That's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. That warning your wife in order to guide her is actually mandatory. And this is the halacha that the Rambam paskins, that we said before. When the Rambam says that it's mandatory to warn your wife, this is the kind of circumstance he's speaking about when it's being done in a way of guidance. This is Mokach from Zayn Lashen, Kanal Siv Dalet, as we saw clearly in the language of the Rambam quoted before in Siv Dalet. So that's what the Bavli, uh, sorry, that's what the Rambam is talking about when he paskins like the Braise. 
So there's no question why he's paskering like the Braisa over the Mishnah, because the Braisa is talking about a completely different case. The Braisa is talking about the case of a person warning his wife and guiding her. And there, that's not a case that the Mishnah discussed at all. The Yeshleimah, we can say, These two different circumstances of warning your wife are hinted in the Pasik. The Pasik says, A person warns his wife because she's impure. And then the Pasik says, He warns his wife and she's not impure. Right, so the simple shot of the Pasuk is that he's, he's unsure. So that's why he's warning her. But the Rebbe says, The the lengthy words of the Psukim and the double Lashen, repeats, repeats the whole thing, is Meramiz, hints to the fact, We're speaking about two different types of women that are being warned there. One is, V'kines ishtoi v'hinitma. He's warning his wife because she's impure. That kinitsu an ishavas matzabot varim ku'urim v'chayetze b'zeh. When he's warning his wife, when there's, there's something inappropriate going on, and as his mer karev loy maraz hinitma, and there's very strong grounds to say that there was an aveda that took place, that she's impure, and therefore he's warning her. That's one type of circumstance. On the kinyas ishtoi v'hiloynitma, the kinyatsuanishikshayraladricha. Here we're talking about a, a wife that's bathing modestly, and he's warning her and he's guiding her. And uh, even in such a case, the Torah tells you, according to Rabbi Kiva, that it's mandatory to guide and warn your wife. So now we come back to explaining the Mishnah. What did we say? That according to the Rambam, the Mishnah is speaking about a circumstance where a person's wife is she's really has a strong suspicion. And therefore, he ends up warning her in order to get to the bottom of what happened. And we said that it's regarding this case that the Mishnah said that really it's prohibited to warn your wife. So the question is, Why should it be an Isser to warn your wife in a case where there's inappropriate behavior? Seemingly the contrary is true. In such a case, it should definitely be necessary to warn your wife. Although it could bring to arguments. But in order to, to protect her in the future and to warn her from actually doing an Aveda. And also to be able to clarify if she goes privately with someone whether there was an Aveda that took place or not. So this would be the case where it being most important to warn your wife. So what's the reason why the Mishnah says that it's prohibited? So we could say as follows. The reason why a person should not be warning his wife. He disagrees with what Rashi says. Rashi says the reason is when you warn your wife, it could create arguments and hatred between husband and wife. No, rather, the reason is, when there's an inappropriate behavior, there's a very big concern that the waters that she will be drinking later to, to clarify whether she did an Aveda or not will be totally ineffective. And therefore, in such a case, it's better for a person not to warn his wife or it's forbidden for him to warn his wife. Why is that? The din is, the halach is, as the Gemara in Saitil says later, as bizman if the man, the husband, is clean 
from any Aveda, Hamayim So then the water works, the water will actually clarify what happened to his wife, if she did an Aveda or not. However, if the husband himself is not clean from an Aveda, from an inappropriate relationship, then the water will not inspect his wife, it will not do anything. But when it says that the husband has to be clear and free from an Aveda, this is a pretty, it includes a large category, which means If he had any kind of Aveda, of an inappropriate relationship, from the time that he became Bar Mitzvah, until today, and I feel oven the Pnuya, and the Gemara later says that includes not only a relationship with an Ashish Ish, but even with an unmarried woman, Still, the, the waters that his wife would be drinking will be ineffective. So therefore, we see over here that there's a very strong condition for these waters to work. So now, on Loit and Maimed Gemara, there's another thing the Gemara tells us. Kola mezane ishtoi mezanene salof. Anytime a person himself is having an inappropriate relationship with someone, so then his wife goes and does the same. And the reason is the Omri Inchi, people say, Iu bekari ve'itze bebutsini. That uh, he, the man, is by bekari, which is a kind of vegetable. Some say it's a pumpkin. Ve'itze bebutsini. And his wife is uh, with, uh, some say, squash. And Rashi there says, Min echadu, it's uh, from the same category of vegetables. Elisha'elu g'daylin ve'elu katan, and one is larger and one are smaller. Kalaimad, it's just a, a mushal. And what it's saying is, Bameshu hu aisik, hi asuka. That if he's being mezanesh, then she's also doing the same, and uh, without his knowledge, and they're both doing the same thing in different places. Right? So Rashi, so what do we see from here? Kumtais. As when the Anhaga Saisha is Shalaika the boy. When you have a situation where you have a strong suspicion on your wife because she's behaving inappropriately, is the grace chashash, there's a very big concern. As Oyach Anhagas Abal is given Shalaika the boy, that probably the husband is also behaving inappropriately. It's very light, likely that the water will not do the job to clarify anything. The water is ineffective in such a case. So therefore, now we understand, Zok Tanedidon, as an Azafal, Osolakanois, that in a case where there's a real suspicion, so then you shouldn't warn your wife. Because of the concern that the waters will not be effective anyways. The only thing that will cause is that something terrible will come out, that the name of Hashem will be erased, which is how the water works. You put the parsha of Saita with the name of Debishta into the water, and the name of Hashem is erased. And people will say, look, the waters of the Saita were ineffective, when the real reason is because the husband sinned, and therefore the waters can't work. So therefore in such a case, the Gemara says, better don't warn your wife, and don't bring to it that it'll be, these problems should come about. So that's the Pshat of the Mishnah. It's a completely different story. Nor as So in such a case, what should a person rather do? If he sees this inappropriate behavior of his wife, he doesn't have to try to get to the bottom of it. There's no point. Rather, he should just divorce his wife. That's the best thing to do in such a situation. That's what the Mishnah, the first Mishnah of Saita, is speaking about this circumstance specifically of kinu, of warning your wife in a situation when there's inappropriate behavior.
And now if so, al pikolam is verstandig, for what the Rambam learned as Mesechte Seite kommt nach Geten. We now understand why, according to the Rambam, Mesechte Seite does not come after Nazir, as it seems from the Gemara simply, but it follows Mesechte Geten. Rebald as the Mishnah Bas Chola Saita. Since the first Mishnah in the beginning of Saita, Red Vegan Anisha was Matzabad Varim Kurin. It's speaking about a circumstance where a person sees inappropriate behavior. A Saita Chaitas, a Saita that's sinning. Is Mistavit Sazogin, so therefore it's logical to say, as the Pirish in the Mtam has Smichas to Nazir, that the meaning of what the Gemara says, that why Saita comes after Nazir. So the language of the Gemara is, Shikolareya Saita Bekilkulo. When a person sees a saita and she's in her disgrace, what does it mean by this? Is nit kepirish Rashi binivula ubebashta? Rashi says that means when you see the saita when she drinks her water and she gets embarrassed and she did the disgrace that she experiences, that will bring you to change your ways and to also see if you don't want to go through that, so then you'll behave appropriately and not drink too much wine and so forth. That's what Rashi says regarding bekulkula. But according to the Rambam, that says that the first Mishnah is actually speaking about a woman that's behaving inappropriately. So what does Bikulkula mean? Now the Pashtas Aloshan, the meaning of Bikulkula means as the simple translation that Kilkul Fanasaita Chaitas. That we're talking over here not about any Saita that got warned from her husband, but we're talking over here about a Saita that's actually sinning, a Saita that's Mikalkul, that's sinning. He's Makalkal and Oivir Anaveira, that she was going with another man privately, she was having an appropriate uh, relationship. Adir, or the Kilkula refers to Ir Ainish, Tzav Sabitna, if it's actually clarified that she did an Aveira, so then the Ainish which happens when her when Tzav Sabitna, that's what Kilkula means. Kilkula doesn't mean the disgrace and embarrassment of just drinking the waters, which could apply even to a woman in the circumstance that's being warned and she was an Isha Kshayra, but her husband warned her and then she's going to be forced to drink the waters. That's Rashi's Pshat. But according to the Rambam, that the first Mishnah is speaking about specifically a circumstance of a Saita that was sinning and had inappropriate relationship. So what is the meaning of Kulkula? The Kilkul of her Aveda, the Kilkul of her behavior. That's what uh, the first Mishnah of Saita speaks about. So since the kilkul of a saita that sins, especially when we can't drink the water, is thus was that then what do you do? So you shouldn't be warning your wife, as we said before, because the water won't work, but rather that you should just better force the man to divorce his wife. So therefore, that talks about in the beginning, about this circumstance where a person really should be divorcing his wife, is following and comes right after which discusses divorcing your wife. If this is the case that the mission is speaking about, a case of kilkul, where a person is warning a wife in this circumstance, so it's immediately following when a person should be divorcing his wife. Und der Indian, this point here, as the Mishnah, Baschola Saita red, vegana Saita Chaitas, that the Mishnah begins with this type of Saita, a Saita that's actually sinning. And then later in the Mesechta, it talks about other circumstances of Saitas, including even a case of a Saita which was really an Isha Kshaira, and her husband gave her a warning, and then she becomes a Saita. This is also fitting with the order of the way it's written in Chumash. 
Haschalas parsha is in the beginning of the parsha. It says ish ki sister ish toy mala b'mal v'shacha v'shayisav v'nistar avihi nitma. It's talking about a situation where a woman actually went and had a relationship with someone else, and she's impure. So it's speaking about a sita that's sinning. She's not even a sita. It's certain that she's sinning. And then it speaks about a case where there's a doubt. When you're unsure about what she's doing. And here as well, as we pointed out before, when the Torah speaks about a case where you're unsure, is that first it says the possibility that she actually became Tomei, before the possibility that she was not Tomei. Before we explained that from the Arichas of the Pasik, we can say that it's really divided into two different circumstances. There's one case where there's inappropriate behavior and therefore it's Karev to say that she's Nitma. And then there's the case where we don't see any inappropriate behavior and the husband is warning her just to give her guidance and so on. And it's a case of Lay Nitma. So we could see that also in the Teda, it starts off with a case of a woman that's behaving inappropriately. And that's how the Mishnah Masech the Saita begins as well. Hamekane in a case where there's Dvarim Ku'unim. So this is a direct follow-up to Masech the Gitten, where it discusses a circumstance where a person should be divorcing his wife. That's the Rambam's opinion. Rashi, as we can see in a few details here, argues with the Rambam regarding this. As the Mishnah read, the first Mishnah is talking about a person warning his wife. Even about a woman that's a kosher woman and he saw nothing inappropriate about her and he's just warning her. That's what the Mishnah is speaking about. So therefore there are three points that we see here different in Rashi's opinion. Aleph number one. Saita comes after Nazar. The first case of Mesech the Saita is speaking also about Anisha Kshayra. There's no connection to Mesech the Gitten where a person should be divorcing his wife. Bayes, another point. How does Rashi explain Kilkula? What Kilkula are we talking about? Is a Mefaresh binivla obebashta. The disgrace and embarrassment that she experiences when she has to drink the waters. We're not, Kilkul does not mean that she sinned, that there was inappropriate behavior. That's not what this mission is necessarily speaking about. We're speaking about a Kinoi even regarding a Ishak Shaira. And Gimel, the third point, that Isr Lekanois is, that, that Rashi says that the reason why a person should not be warning his wife, according to the Mishnah, Hamakane, is that a person might come into arguments with his wife and he might embarrass her. And then Rashi even adds, because it could even be that she's Tahira. Could it be that she's a kosher woman? So why are you bothering her? So this is exactly the opposite of what the Rambam says. The Rambam, as we explained here, says that no, the first Mishnah is speaking about a woman that it's Karev Loima, that she's not Tahira because there was inappropriate behavior. And the issue of not warning your wife is only because if there's a concern about the woman, then it's very likely that the same thing applies to the man, and he's not clean either, and therefore the water will be ineffective. It's a completely different shot that the Rambam has, and why it is a Isra Lakanis. So that we see clearly over here that just from this one little detail regarding the order of the Mesechtis, whether Gitten comes between Nazar and Saita or not, seems to be a very small machlekes between the Rambam and Rashi. It shows that the Rebbe shows us here how this is really an entire machlekes regarding the context of the whole Mishnah and the, the whole Pshat over here and what the Gemara means to say in these two shittas of Rashi and the Rambam.
Al pi shittes Rambam as the eschalos hamasechta red vegin soita choytas. So now according to the Rambam, that the opening of the masechta is speaking not about any soita, but it's speaking about a soita that's actually sinning. That when noich fashtein the shaychis from eschalos hamasechta to resim, we can understand the connection to the conclusion of the masechta where it says leitisni yireschet teikano. The Tana of the Mishnah over there said that yireschet. Fear of sin is bottled, doesn't exist anymore. And then Rav Nachman by Yitzchak says, don't say this regarding Yirizchet because I'm here and I still have fear of sin. So the theme is Yirizchet. That's how one of the things that the Mishnah or that the Gemara concludes with. So now, what's the connection? Very simple. They're middle to Messiah Zayim, What's the way? What's the method of how to conclude, to get rid of the issue of Saita that's sinning as on the Zayim Saita Chitas? that you should not have to fulfill the halachas of this Masechta of Saita, when you have the proper Yerizchet, when there's Anod, when there's I am here and there's Yerizchet. He learns the Masechta and he concludes what it says at the end, which means, that a person comes to the level that he's, that he's afraid of an Aveda, so that's how a person takes away the possibility of this kind of a Saita being something that could happen through Yerizchet. So the Yerizchet at the conclusion of the Masechta is the remedy to the situation of the Saita that it speaks about in the beginning of the Masechta. This is according to the Rambam, so the connection is very clear. But now that Rebbe says, we could also explain the Shaykhis Hanal, the connection of the end of the Masechta to the beginning, Oich Lishites Rashi. Also according to Rashi's opinion, as the kinoi shebas cholos hamesechte is oich to an ishik sheirachul, as we've explained, according to Rashi, even the beginning of the mesechte is speaking also about a kosher woman. And then when she goes and she's privately with someone and she she drinks the water, which it speaks about afterwards in the Mishnah, is nit mudgish as a seretzach vegan asaita chaitas. It is not. This doesn't emphasize that we're speaking here about a chaita that's sinning. We're speaking, as Rashi before said, even with a Saita that's actually pure, that she did not have, she did not do any Aveda. So if we're talking in the beginning of the Masechta about a Saita that did not sin at all, so then what's the connection to the end of the Masechta where it talks about Yiras Chet, to be fearful of sinning? So the answer is, the connection is, like the Pirish HaYidua in Yiras Chet. There's a deeper interpretation of what Yiras Chet really means, as Mohat Maide, that a person is afraid, need for an Einish, Yiras Einish, he's not afraid of any retribution, was the Chet brengt, nor from the Chet Gufe. When a person is afraid of the sin itself, the etzem zach tzotonep is versus heipech rotzen Hashem. He's afraid of the sin itself because he doesn't want to do anything against Hashem's will. Was that Indian is mudgish b'miyuchad by a seite versus tahira? So this more accurate interpretation of what yiras chet means—that it's actually a fear of the of not transgressing on Hashem's will—is something that we can see even more so by a seite which is even pure. And the reason is as follows: Allah avedis habananayish. All avedis does this the punishment. Obemele is by zei aleshayich yiref funim chet alein on yiras ainish. So by all of the uh, other Avedis, it's possible for a person to be afraid of the Aveda itself, that he doesn't want to sin. And on, on Yerush And also to be afraid of the punishment. Either, either he's afraid of the Chet, 
or he's afraid of the punishment because every Avera has the punishment. With the exception of this case of a woman which was warned and she's really Tahira, and then she was, went privately with someone and she's drinking the water, is In her situation, there is no Einish that we could say that she's afraid of. Actually, the contrary is true. In such a situation, she actually gets rewarded with a great schar. She's pure, and then she'll have children. If she gave birth before with pain, she'll be giving birth now easily. If she gave birth to the caves, now she'll have zacharim, and so on. So we see over here that there's no einish involved. So however, so if so, it seems to be that there's absolutely nothing wrong with her behavior and there's nothing that she, be, she should be afraid of, just like there's no Einish, seemingly there's no trace of a chet here either. Right? But that's not true. There is a chet here without an Einish. Asaita does bring a carbon mincha along with the water that she drinks and she needs a kapare. While the etzim zach was by iris given stira. The very fact that she was privately with someone. Even in a case where it's not forbidden. Lule then kinui habal, if not for the fact that her husband warned her, right? So there are certain situations where it's, it's okay, where there's no isra of yichud. The Rebbe and the other brings, if it's someone that she's allowed to be with, it's, be with, it's her father, or her husband is in the city and there's no isra of yichud. But if her husband warned her, so then it's a different story. So in such a case, once her husband warned her, it's not the right behavior. So it's not something which she deserves an Einish for, but yet, see, she still would have to bring a carbon mincha, and there is a level of a chet here in this kind of behavior. So if she did go privately with someone after she was warned, and even if she's making this calculation, which the Gemara mentions, that a woman could be making the calculation and think to herself, no, if I can't have children easily, or if I'm having the cavus and I want to have schorim, so let me do this, and then v'nizra zera, and then I'll have this reward. Is a simin as ir felt yiras chet. Over here, what this is an indication of is that she's lacking the full extent of the fear of an Aveda itself. So this is specifically a case where there is no Yiris Einish that is applicable here. There is no Einish in this case. Adarava, there's only a Schar Godel here. So in this case specifically, the thing that's demanded of her is to have more Yiris Chet and to not have this type of behavior, which is also not the way it should be because her husband warned her. Right? Which is unlike all other Avedas. By every other Aveda, there's the Chet and the Einish. So therefore, the fear is both of the Chet and the Einish. But not here. Over here, it's specifically a yire of the chet itself that you don't want to be over even anything of the Ratzin Hashem. So therefore, a woman should be more careful here. And the far is the siyam or gemar from Masech Saita. So this explains the connection according to Rashi where the beginning of the Masechta talks about a woman that went privately with someone. And there's no Einish for it, but it's still, there is a Chet here. So the conclusion of this is, and how do we get rid of this is, so the end of the Masechta is, that the Yiras Chet, meaning specifically the Yira of a Chet, and not the Yira of an Einish, which is what it is in this case, and as Rabbi Nachman Yitzchak 
says, I'm here, when a person has the full extent of the Yiras Chet, so then there won't even be a situation where there'll be a sin even without the Einish because of this type of Yiras Chet that the person has.